I was telling Elsha <coughs> we should um, start the podcast with our terrible transit and what? Transatlantic accent. Yeah. She can't say. No, I can't. Oh, yeah. Cause I didn't practice at all today. Well, because we're shooting this thing for a little short <laughs> film, which is like... Um, uh, well, for a short film, we need to make a mini short film inside of it. Yeah. So we <laughs> have to record... The inception of short films. Yeah, for sure. Truly. But it's supposed to be like uh, set in the 1940s. And yeah. so we have that weird accent that almost sounds British, but is American. Yeah. And we can't do it. <laughs> no. And we're doing it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a uh, it's just very proper, I think. Yeah, it's very breathy. Yeah, not British, but kind of British. I mean, um, like we could try it, but it would be embarrassing. Yeah, like well. what's a sentence? <laughs> the weather today was. Here's the thing. I, I still haven't read the script. <laughs> McKenna, but, but I but have like, the most lines. <laughs> you do. But, like, the weather today was chilly. Chilly. It'd be like. Oh no, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> I believe. No, I, I believe in you. The weather today. No, that's no, British. That's too British. Weather- this is what I'm saying. Can we just go British? The weather today was chilly. That's British. That's yeah. British. And the, the chilly bread. was it's too heavy the on the The weather today was chilly. And then that was bad. Bre- breathy. The weather today. 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 The weather today was chilly. Chilly. <laughs> Oh no! That's gonna a little be bad. taste for you. Okay. Are we finally gonna do this? I think we're finally gonna do this. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Hello and welcome to Syndicate, the podcast where we take a movie, break it down, and give it a score in five different categories of filmmaking. After which we give it a final grade. My name is Elsa. My name is Chelsea. And here we are today, um, doing probably the first movie that we might have not differing opinions, but like kind of different i don't know we're not on the exact same page well, as I th- we usually I are i think it's 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 kind of a new thing because we've had movies where like i really like it or maybe you really like it and mm-hmm. the other person is sort of neutral on it yeah but this is the first movie where you hate it yeah and i think that it's fine yeah so it's kind of like a reverse uh it's kind of reverse from what we usually do. <laughs> this is the only movie I feel like you ever talk about that you really truly hate. Maybe yeah. like this and a Christmas story. <laughs> Christmas story is dumb. <laughs> that movie's really dumb. You still haven't seen it yet. No. It's dumb. But Anyways. Th- this one you're like always telling me how much you hate it. Yeah. And I'm always like You're like, okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it just bugs me. I mean, I'll get into why. There's there's reasons in each category, kind of. Oh. So. Well, that's the thing is, like, every time you tell me you hate it, I'm always like, well, why do you hate it? And then I feel like you don't tell me why. And you yeah. told me that this is where you're going to tell me why. Yeah. So I'm, I'm either waiting for, like, a deep-seated story. There's not a deep-seated story. That's like, oh, it all makes sense. Or just, like, little reasons. I feel like it's little reasons that just, like, together make me not like it at all. I mean, you know? There are things that I don't like about this film. Yeah. Maybe this is the right place to say it because I don't know where else I would. Mm-hmm. But if this movie is supposed to be like an homage to old Hollywood, like classic MGM movie musicals from yeah. the 50s. Which it is. I feel like it's not really doing that well because a part of it is that those people who are in those movies, like, dedicate their lives to dance. Yeah. And I like those movies because I'm a big fan of Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Like, love that movie. And we'll get into... I mean, I have some stuff on this topic. 
But I guess I'll talk about the story because I was like, that seems like the best place to talk about it. But, well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird thing to talk about. But, yeah, like, it is based on old Hollywood, like, musicals. Yeah, but I love Donald O'Connor. Yeah, like, which I also have in my notes. <laughs> that I love Donald O'Connor. No, that, like, other people have compared, like, that this movie is trying to be, like, singing in the rain. Well, here, yeah, well, okay, so, like, this, I'm going to tell you a story about my love for... 50s musicals no is i was like you know it's a famous movie singer in the rain Mm -hmm. i was 16 and i was like why don't i watch that because you know i love movies so i watched it and a lot of people love gene kelly because he was the main star of that movie and he was kind of a big dancer at the time Mm -hmm. really big you know he was the like main guy he directed that movie he started in it whatever but donald o'connor was like his sidekick and i thought he was way better i thought he was funnier mm-hmm. i thought he was cuter i just loved him so i went on this like whole thing where i watched all of his movies even these like little b movies he did back in the 40s with universal b movies are like movies they played at double features so they're like low budget just there to like i guess kind of make money because this is kind of a time where I think it's right after or maybe also during the war. So they're kind of really just going to the movies to sort of feel happiness. And so those films, first of all, those films are really hard to find. You cannot find those movies. I had to find this girl on the internet who had them all and she gave me this link to a dropbox and so i went into the dropbox and i downloaded them all and they're the only place i could find those movies like i emailed universal studios they didn't respond of course i was so mad i was like i literally just need to find a place where i can buy these movies i was that into this guy and um but i watched them and i liked them Mm -hmm. and so i was like getting into these 50s musicals and you know so there's stuff like singing on the rain american Paris, all those kind of things, which were huge movies at the time. And, like, Donald O'Connor was born in vaudeville. Like, that was just what he did. He was a dancer all throughout his life. So these people who have, like, grown up doing this are really good at it. And most of these movies, the main point is that they're dancing. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a film which I think tries to go a little bit more deep into character stuff, but also tries to pay homage to those movies. And the thing is that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are not good dancers they're not good singers dancers they can they can act it's they're 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 fine actors. they're fine but the main part of it is that they probably should be able to dance and sing yeah and they can't and i like i, I there are parts in this movie that i look at and i'm like that does remind me of singing in the rain mm-hmm. specifically the like end part where they go into those sets like painted yeah. sets that feels very singing in the rain to yeah. me but i i don't know i just have a problem with the fact that like to be like oh these movies are so good and then to not really understand why yeah because i feel like tap dancing is kind of a lost art mm-hmm. and those kind of movies don't exist anymore because it's just not the type of thing that they make yeah it's also kind of before serious acting was a big thing in movies and you're not the only person thinking that like <laughs> in my research it, it there is like there's a subset of pe- this movie is interesting because it's very polarizing <laughs> on both sides because when it first start like came out and people were talking about it, everyone generally was like, "Yeah, it's really good. Everyone loves it." And then it started getting into like Oscars and like Golden Globe season. Mm-hmm. And then when that started, for some reason there was a switch where everyone was like, "Is it good?" <laughs> I don't know. Like the people were bringing up issues with it and like 
especially the stuff about like well it's why is it a musical it doesn't really pay homage to old musicals like it could have been done a lot better if if they were going for that and like it just a lot of stuff came up that i think it just kind of came out of nowhere because the first general consensus was like really good will win oscars like great which it did win oscars but like i remember everyone loved it (laughs) i remember seeing it for the first time mm-hmm. because my mom said you know do you want to go see it and i was like i, I don't know what it is but i'll go mm-hmm. i knew it was like somewhat of one of those oscar movies yeah and i thought it was good like my mom loves this movie yeah. that's why i'm scared to do this <laughs> because i'm afraid i'm gonna offend her in some way but you know I, I don't know i didn't think it was like over the moon great and then again like this is kind of like in the height of my uh movie musical obsession mm-hmm. so I thought I was really going to enjoy it. And to an extent, I did. I liked it. But again, like all those things I was talking about, like the fact that they're not great dancers almost feels not offensive, really. But it just feels like, well, what are we doing this for? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I think that's what a lot of people were thinking. But there are, are a lot of people on the other side. And that's what I did try to do my research to try to be like 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 show both sides of what people are thinking because there is a lot of like back and forth (laughs) to what people think about this movie but yeah when did you see this movie i saw it for the first time i think on a plane (laughs) (laughs) wow um but i watched it was like the first i wasn't like half asleep you know when you watch a movie like near the end of a flight and you're like i'm not paying attention i watched it like the beginning i was like oh la la land sure (laughs) so i was like fully awake and i was ready for it and i was just like i was like i'm so bored and i was like why am i watching this and i was like god i hate sebastian (laughs) he's so annoying and then i was like i mean the ending's good i don't mind the ending (laughs) i was like it's fine that's funny because i feel like my dad hates the ending of this movie yeah that's another thing is that the ending it's like some people love it polarizing thing yeah kind of (laughs) interesting um but yeah i was just i i watched it and i was like yeah i don't think i liked it and but i just kind of forgot about it and then i think i got back and then my drama teacher brought it up and then we watched it in class and then i think we watched it in class like a year or two later again so i've watched i watched it like three times and each time Mm. i watched it i was like why i was like why are we doing this like i just don't care for it (laughs) yeah um and then and then we watched it obviously like like, in preparation in preparation for this yeah and I think I, I point I found even more things that I don't like about it that I didn't notice before since now we're like I don't know before then we weren't in film school I feel like we've point out little other things like editing I don't really pay attention to normally you know what I think though I think we are the worst people to watch movies with <laughs> for sure I sit there sometimes I and I listen to us and I'm like anybody else who would be here would absolutely hate us we suck we, yeah, we suck we do <laughs> like, we just sit there and point out things that are wrong with it I know or we're like wow that shot looks really good yeah I feel like Brooke deserves an award for yeah. putting up <laughs> with how many movies let's she watched let's have a moment of silence for any anyone watching movies with us we apologize we appreciate you we are sorry (laughs) if you care about film you might be like sure this is fun but (laughs) anybody else watching with us uh it's probably miserable yeah but yeah it's just i don't know we'll get into reasons (laughs) but uh i guess we'll go into pre-production then so the idea came to the director and writer uh damien chazelle alongside justin hurwitz who uh ended up writing the music um Mm -hmm. while they were both attending harvard together um classic 
<laughs> what are they studying? I don't know. I think Damien might have been studying jazz. I might be wrong, though. But he did, like, grow up wanting to be a jazz musician. That um, tracks. Yeah. Um, so they both explored the idea in their senior year thesis through a low-budget musical about a Boston jazz musician, uh, which they called Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench. That's a movie, isn't it? I th- yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they made that movie. Yeah, they made that movie. <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> I thought you were talking about this is that movie. No. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, so, yeah, the, they, they did that for their thesis, I guess. And Damien had apparently been a fan of musicals during his time of wanting to be a jazz uh, drummer. So... That's, I guess, where his love musical started. Mm-hmm. And uh, his idea for the film was, quote-unquote, to take the old musical but ground it in real life where things don't exactly work out. I don't know why people think that's something that needs to exist. <laughs> we know the reality. Why yeah. would we need to have a movie like that? I don't know. These things are grounded in fantasy. What's yeah. the point of taking it and then making it realistic? It's already unrealistic that they're dancing in the middle of the street and yeah. singing. They're it's just i mean and this movie has like crazy fantasy sequences i mean like i'm all for having a movie that reflects the realities of life yeah that's fine but like give me more character stuff then yeah like you gotta give me the intricacies of these people yeah like these movies the type of like a movie musical is really meant for spectacle Mm -hmm. I, I i mean you can also have a lot of story and character in movie musicals i just think that it needs to be written with that more in mind which i know that they wrote this as a musical yeah but i just feel like it wasn't done well as written as a musical it's interesting Um, i'd like to talk about musicals and also damien chazelle i don't know when the right place for that yeah a lot of things in this this episode i was like i don't know when to bring this up so i'm just gonna put it somewhere in here and then well maybe (laughs) find it if we get to it to start with for damien chazelle i feel like he's a really polarizing director for me Mm -hmm. because i think this movie movie was all right i liked whiplash quite a Mm -hmm. bit i think i haven't seen whiplash and then really yeah we should watch whiplash but uh, that whiplash is one that i feel like i would really like because i've seen like uh some of the scenes from it yeah so i think more of the famous ones Mm -hmm. and it looks interesting so i feel like i would like it and then uh first man which is a garbage movie yeah that movie made me want to die it's so boring it's so boring and i think (laughs) one of the things about damien chazelle's i think if he's not doing something surrounded by music he's really quite boring (laughs) like most of his stuff yeah like all the stuff in la la land that doesn't have the music for me i'm like well can we get to the music? I think the music in this movie is fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the stuff... Does he write these things, too? Yeah. The music? No, 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 no. The script. The scripts? I think he, he definitely wrote Whiplash, because... Uh, I think he definitely wrote La La Land, too. No, he did, yeah. Yeah, um, I feel like I don't... I don't know First Man. I don't think I'm but, that into him as a writer. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm just kind of neutral on it. Yeah. Like, I'm, also- I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if there's anything really, like, groundbreaking or crazy that I love about it. Yeah, and there's so, not a whole lot of, like, especially dialogue stuff I don't think that is yeah. that cool. I don't know. I also just think the character arcs, the character arcs are fine. It's more just, like, distinguishing protagonists <laughs> and antagonists in this movie is, like, kind of confusing. <laughs> I mean, maybe it switches we can... a lot. We'll get to that more later. Yeah. But like, it, it's just kind of like meh. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, and he also wanted to salute creative people who moved to Los Angeles to chase their dreams. That That's was his other uh, goal. Another thing that I was telling you about is movies about people making movies. Yeah. I feel like it's really only interesting to people who make movies. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe well, people... And Singing in the Rain is a movie about people making movies. Mm-hmm. But but that's kind of more fun and like they have a lot of challenges that they have to go through because it's about when they started switching to sound. So it's funny in a lot of respects and then it's also this story about this guy who's like, Well maybe I'm not actually a good actor. Yeah. And it's I don't know, it's more interesting. I feel like that's more interesting because it is like it's talking about a part in history where films kind of did change and there was yeah, a switch. A huge shift. So it's it's more important to show that than randomly showing two people's journey in LA. And then, and it's valid enough to be like this is what actors have to go through yeah i'm sure for i mean i wrote a little thing here that i was like why it could maybe be good to write like why people would like movies about filmmaking and why people wouldn't Mm. and really i was like i think on the yes side of like yes i like it i think it's maybe that people can relate to it to either wanting like just people trying to get to their dreams whether it be like filming or or just like even just wanting to i don't know have a family or something like even just more like not unattainable dreams yeah like if people can still relate the movie to whatever dream they want to they have um, and the struggles of them getting there. That's one way that I'm like, okay. But also, on the other hand of that, I feel like acting and just like LA dreams are like in every movie shown to be like this unattainable thing that's impossible to get. But then they get it. But then they get it. But I don't know if that can be related to more generic people. Well, it's interesting with movies. Like a lot of the times, if they're about dreams, it's about people. I mean, they do have a hard time getting to their dream, but they do end up fulfilling it. Yeah. And in real life, I don't know how often that happens. Mm -hmm. But you have to also understand these are made by people who have gotten their dreams. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you don't have a lot of movies that are about people sort of settling down and doing something else and also being happy about it. All of that happens. Um, I was listening to one podcast that said It's a Wonderful Life did that. Mm -hmm. And that, you know because you've seen that movie quite a few times it's the main guy really wants to go traveling and whatever but ends up having to stay in the town and like run his bank yeah and he does that but you know in the end he's kind of happy because he has a family yeah yeah so i don't know if if it's a bad idea to make movies about filmmaking i think it really Mm -hmm. depends on what you're trying to say with it Mm -hmm. and if it really is relatable to as many people as possible because I'm sure some people watching movies about filmmaking would be like, I don't care. But you can also see why the Academy would love that. Oh, for sure. They're, they're like, all people yes. who do this. They're like, we are actors. We are filmmakers. This is what we do. Yeah. And we all made it. This story is us. So in a way, it's kind <laughs> of like Oscar bait. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. So yeah. After they graduated, the two of them moved to LA in 2010. Uh, where they continued writing the screenplay and they changed the script from being located in Boston, which it was originally, to being in L.A. And they couldn't find a studio that was willing to finance it as no studios were willing to finance an original contemporary musical with no familiar songs. And it was also a jazz musical, which the Hollywood Reporter called an extinct genre. Yeah. Uh, So no one wanted to finance it. 
And Chazelle uh, found producers through friends who introduced him to Fred Berger and Jordan Horowitz. Um, and with the two producers on board, the script went to focus features at a budget of around one million. Jeez. Um, <laughs> which is super low. Yeah. <laughs> um, and But the studio demanded alterations. They wanted the male lead was asked to be changed from a jazz pianist to a rock musician. Oh, lit. <laughs> that would have been a cool movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the complicated opening number had to be altered. And also the story's bittersweet ending needed to be dropped. So I guess they wanted them to get together at the end. But none of this happened. But none of this happened because he ended up uh, scrapping the project and moving on because he was like, no, I want it how Mm, I want it. So he just kind of put it on the back burner. He was like, we'll get back to it later, maybe. Um, And then following the success of Whiplash, Mm -hmm. uh, it was picked up by Summit Entertainment. And uh, Lionsgate Patrick Washburger, um, who previously had worked on the Step Up franchise... Um, push Chazelle <laughs> to increase the bu- the film's budget since he felt high quality musicals could not be made cheaply. That uh, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you to uh, Patrick from Step Up for making the budget higher. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the budget was originally, but uh, apparently he made Wasn't it higher. A million? No, this was the second time. Oh. Like I guess it went to Lionsgate, and I guess they they gave him a low ball estimate for. Uh, Mm-hmm. for a budget and then patrick was like yo you got to give him more he can't make a movie with that amount and then they gave him 30 million so yeah and it was filmed between august to september 2015 nice and there we go um uh, i guess we'll get into categories then yes so we'll go through each category in regards to story characters visuals editing music and societal impact each giving it a score out of 10. We will then combine these scores to give it a score out of 20 for each round, giving us an even grade out of 100. Afterwards, the film will have a chance to win up to three bonus points in the bonus best round. Mm-hmm. Round one, story score, scoring based on writing and plot. What do you gotta say? I don't know. I think it's it's a, I think it's an alright story. Uh-huh. I don't know how much I really care for it. Yeah. I, again, like... I don't really know what this movie's I'm trying to say other than, like, go get your dream. Mm-hmm. And jazz is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, maybe I'll start with, like, a seven. Yeah, I said seven, too. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I thought this was going to uh, be worse. <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, even though I hate this movie, <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible... I'm not going to give it, like, a four- well, yeah, it's not a bad movie. Because it's movie. not badly written. Like, it's not, like, a bad movie, you know? Yeah. So it's not going to get super low. It's just that there's some problems with it that I have. <laughs> I just feel like when I, I think about, like, what it. I look for in writing, it's not It's this. not there. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that I wrote was just that it's a story focused in L.A. about filmmaking and making in Hollywood, which we already kind of talked about. Yeah. Um... And yeah, I don't I don't know if anyone cares about that. But I mean, for this movie, it obviously works because the entire journey is just like an actress trying to make it and a jazz musician trying to open a club or yeah, and, and wanting it. to revamp jazz yeah. and bring it back because it's dying. And I mean, that's like the, pretty much the whole story. But like, I feel like that's been done a lot in just like most movies about like filmmaking and actors <laughs> i don't know i mean uh, you i mean try just... and like uh, see how you could relate this to any other type of career path mm-hmm. I, I guess it's really all the same it's mostly just trying to 
to, to get somewhere and not knowing if you're good enough. I just think, like, the most cliche uh, job that's unobtainable to get is acting in film. I feel like it would be hard. I mean, it would be hard. I'm not saying that acting is not hard. I'm <laughs> saying that, like, it's it's been done in a lot of movies, so it's not, like, a new thing. I don't know if they do anything new with it, really. Yeah. Like, it's still the same journey of, like, oh, she's having trouble with her auditions. No one wants her. She uh, has a low point where she's like, I'm going to quit. But then she gets called back, and then she becomes faint. Like... <laughs> I don't think I like the fact that she writes a one-woman show. I have that in here. I literally have... <laughs> Who would ever care? I literally wrote, <laughs> why? Who cares? one-woman show. I why? I, put, I literally wrote in here, why make a one-woman play? That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> I just feel like I've never, ever heard of one that's good. And I can't imagine that being good. Or even if there is one that's good, it's probably written by an already established uh, playwright. You know? Or someone who already people care for. And they're like, oh, I enjoy that person's writing. I enjoy what they've made in the past. I'll go see a one-person play. I have to interject about a one-woman play. Yeah? Fleabag, Emmy Award-winning, record-breaking Fleabag, started off as a one-woman play and was so successful it got picked up as a TV series. But yeah, just, you know, throwing that out there. No, it's, it's good, yeah. For the information. The information, yeah. Sure. I mean, that is interesting. That, just that, think that about, like, think about, though, that. if you were, like, if someone said, do you want to come see a one-woman play, wouldn't you be like, why don't we just go see a regular play? yeah like who would want to watch that yeah it would probably be at the bottom of my list of like <laughs> if i was like musical play ensemble piece one woman play i'd be like well, that's the bottom <laughs> i don't want to see that if um, it was the last thing playing sure <laughs> i also want to talk about musicals with you mm-hmm you love musicals yeah do you like movie musicals or is it just stage musicals I mean, I don't mind some movie musicals. I think it's I think it's more just that I think that it works better on stage, and I just think that a lot of the more contemporary ones, I mean, they're they're not movie musicals yet. <laughs> yeah, and well. and I I mean, a lot of people have said I have a quote later. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in these notes about how people are like because this is like a new musical that they wrote for this. Obviously, all of the new move all of the movie musicals that have come out recently are, for the most part taking old musicals or something and turning it into a movie for the most mm -hmm. part the only example i can think of that's not is maybe greatest showman that's the only one that i can think of recently but even that it was like mm. <laughs> it was all right it was fine but uh a lot of people are saying that like the level that broadway's at in terms of like storytelling and what they can really do with the form of a musical mm -hmm. is like bounds above what <laughs> movie musicals right now are doing <laughs> but why why can't i feel like you would think that film you would think would that, be able to do it in some ways better because yeah. the way that editing can work to enhance a story and also very much direct your attention on certain elements and also create things that aren't real yeah would so it is strange because yeah i don't i mean i i think this is that's a question that's kind of unanswerable because i think it's a mixture i mean it's depending on the show and i think it's it's different for each circumstance, but it's just like, I think it's kind of hard because 
a lot of movie musicals are either like considered really good or terrible. People hate them. There are some really good ones. Chicago's pretty good. Chicago is um <laughs> trying to think of another one. I don't know. I remember like Les Mis came out and people didn't like that. Yeah. And well, some people Cats. didn't like that. Cats is garbage. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera is okay. My yeah. problem is that that movie's long. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the play is also long. The musical's also three hours. But so. good lord, I'm watching that movie. I'm like, this needs to be over. I don't um, know why it's still going. But an interesting thing is like this movie is not a really contemporary musical in a no. way is that it's returning to form and being those old movie musicals yeah and those musicals i think very much more were focused on dancing and spectacle rather than like i feel like a lot of musicals now are very into singing yeah and those like people, a lot of my favorite musicals of like recent are like mostly singing like there's not very but much they're dialogue. also like very good at singing yeah whereas like in those old movie musicals not that they couldn't sing but like, Singing in the Rain has no vocals that are really great. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of it's just that they're really good tap dancers. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I well, like that it's stuff. Well, and it's, like, sh- it's the the spirit and the show of it that makes it good. Even if yeah. it's on screen. Like, mm-hmm. that's what kind of makes it fun to watch. But I feel like a lot of the... I don't know. If you just take this movie. A lot of the, the dancing scenes without the singing <laughs> are fine. They're yeah. good. I like the visuals for the most part. Like... The dancing's fine. It's not the greatest because they're not dancers. But, like, they did an okay job. But it's just that it's not to the right level of, like, if you want it to be from these old musicals, you're not at that level. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't try to get there, really. Because if you did, you probably would have gotten actual people that could dance. Yeah. I feel like this movie probably could have been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think it, again, I think it's good. It got nominated for a ton of Oscars. Yeah, it got but nominated I, for a ton. A lot of Oscars. A lot. <laughs> I feel like it It just could have been better if they really managed to get actors who were just better at doing musical type stuff. Yeah. Um, Which I think we can talk about in character, but. Yeah. The film makes visual allusions to uh, Hollywood classics such as Broadway Melody of 1940, Singing in the Rain. It's the, uh, the Bandwagon and Melody. an American Paris. Yeah. Um, Mostly Gene Kelly stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the more dance and jazz oriented stuff um, was they took the style of tone of films from uh, Jacques Demi. Mostly just the dance from those kind of films. It, it shares some character development and themes with Whiplash, some people are saying. Which I think I'm, I, this is more of a question for you. Do you see that? I read that a couple places. Mostly in the fact that, I mean, uh, uh, Chazelle said they're both about the struggle of being an artist uh, and following your dreams. I mean, (laughs) Whiplash is a lot about a guy who really wants to be a jazz drummer. Mm Mm-hmm. And who I think he believes he can do that. It's just more so he really has to practice. And a lot of it has to do with J.K. Simmons being, like, crazy. Yeah. This crazy teacher guy who's like pushing him. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't remember a lot of Whiplash. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie a few times. Pretty much, he just said La La Land is much less angry about it. That was his. Well, quote. yeah. <laughs> no one's yelling and throwing <laughs> yeah. a chair at Emma Stone in this movie. No, but yeah, I think I think it is just that he really likes to write stories about his life in different ways, kind of. I feel like we should say something good about the writing. Sure. I mean, do you want to talk about the ending? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they did that. I get it. It's kind of, you know, the fact that 
that she got her dream, but like not all dreams end the way that we think they will or that mm-hmm. we feel like they should. Yeah. But they still show this whole thing of her imagining what that could have been like. Yeah. Which I mean, you could really you could be like, yeah, it did end like that. This isn't real life. You know, like I mean, when, yeah, you when they say show it, you sure. that, you could be in your head like, um, maybe I feel like it will end like that mm-hmm. because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Does it matter? I mean, I think that, I think mean, she were like, it ends on a, not a sad note, but they were like, it ends on a negative note, kind of, because she they're not together. Famous. No, I know. I'm saying pe- some people say that. Yeah. That it's a, like, it's a negative ending and that it's, it's, it's sad and that it's not what we expect, which sure, I guess some people would want them to get together at the end and they don't. But I feel like even though it shows her thinking about what their life together could have been, she's still, they still like have a moment where they look at each other at the end before she leaves mm-hmm. and she's, they're both like, content with it. <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like even though, yeah, they didn't get together, they're still happy in the end. So I feel like it's still a happy ending. I it's just like <laughs> different from what you would think. A lot of movies are always like, there's this one person that you're supposed to be with. And mm-hmm. like, as someone who has never dated anyone, <laughs> I don't know how that works. I don't know if people are usually like marrying someone, but still in the back of their mind, always thinking of like an ex-lover. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens sometimes. But I feel like for the most part, a lot of people, you know, they end a relationship and they're like, well, now I'm in this new, better relationship. She seems to quite like this other guy. They yeah. have a kid together. She seems pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know how long her and Sebastian were dating for that it really mattered that much. I guess a, a year and a half. I mean, what? I, it goes through a year mm-hmm. and then it goes back to... It's probably a year and a half, yeah. I think one of the biggest problems is that I don't feel enough of a connection between these two people to to care if they're together or not. Yeah, exactly. More so, I feel like the thing I'm most excited about is like, this guy got his club. Fun. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. I also feel like when she she finds the club, it's like she then remembers him, kind of. Like, I'm sure she still has thought about him in the past. Well, he also walks by a picture of her all the every day on yeah, the way. Yeah, and he doesn't notice. Uh, it, this is just a fact, but for the argument scene, mm-hmm. the dinner scene, apparently that was the scene that was rewritten more than any other scene. I guess just because they wanted to make the, the argument uh, as realistic as they could. I think that, um, that scene feels like the one with the most dialogue that matters. Yeah. In, like, a character sense? Yeah. And apparently, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone helped create the dialogue for the scene to get it to be the most realistic that they could. I don't know what that entails. I don't know what they changed. I don't know what it was before. But I just... It sounds like they rewrote that scene a ton and they did kind of make it a collaborative effort between mm-hmm. the three of them to get it as best as they could. How do you think they did with that scene? I feel like it's... That scene's alright. Yeah. I like the, the fact that the, the record kind of stops at the climax of it. Mm-hmm. When they finally say the, the mean thing. I don't remember what he says. Well, she he said, says, enjoy. Since when do you care about being liked? Why do you care so much about being liked? You're an actress. What are you talking about? <sighs> Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, and what? she takes great offense to that. Yeah, I don't. Every time he says that though, and she's so mad, I'm like, was was that was really that mean? that mean of something to say? It's true. You're an actress. You want to be on film. Yeah, you want to be. <laughs> you want to be seen. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's him being like being an actress isn't as important as being a musician. I don't know. Yeah, 
I just don't know. It's again that I don't know if I care about their relationship enough for that to be as impactful as it as it's supposed to be. It just like every time I see that scene, I'm like they're going for it, and I I I get that they're arguing, yeah. and I can see that like it does look kind of like a realistic argument, but I just don't care for it that much mm-hmm. because I don't know if I care about them. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of like the piece with the story that gets to me is that I'm like. I think it's fine. I think the storyline's fine. It's just that I don't care for what's happening. And that's a problem. Because if you don't care about your main characters, then, yeah. like, what's the point? <laughs> I guess we could, we could dive into themes. Yeah. But do you have any written? I, I, I mostly just put following your dreams as, like, the big theme. Because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of what it's about. Yeah. Um, I, I guess... There's definitely more. He's in very there. much into jazz, mm-hmm. and so I, I guess the idea of like keeping an art form alive that's dead. In some ways, you could think of that relating it to this kind of film too. It's like the 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 old movie musicals of the fifties are also dead. Nobody's making those anymore. Yeah, and I don't think they need to come back. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we have enough history with those that they're fine. Yeah, and I feel like they're not. They're again such so into like the spectacle of it all. That there's nothing you can really elaborate on that unless you start to actually do, like, f- camera stuff with it. Which I guess they are kind of doing in this. But um, I feel like then you could just go into more modern musicals. Because then you're bringing more character development and stuff into it. You're just not having as much tap. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like we could bring back tap. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll accept bringing back tap. <laughs> I love tap dancing. Tap dancing's cool. It looks hard. It does. It really yeah. does. Um, I guess it's also a theme of, like, selling out in a way. Yeah. Giving up on your dreams to go do something, you know, make you money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people also wonder if he does even sell out, though. Like, yeah, he's he joins this band. Is that the right word? I guess he, so. They are a band. They are a band. <laughs> he, join, like, he joins this band that isn't exactly... Because he's like a traditional... Like, he wants the tradition of jazz to be upheld. He doesn't want, like, modern things brought into jazz. He's mm-hmm. a traditionalist. Uh, so he joins this band that is trying to reinvent jazz, but in a way that he doesn't agree with, I guess. So that's why people are like, he's a sellout. But, it's, like... They're not playing jazz, though. It's supposed to be that they are. They're playing but, uh, they're pop definitely music not. with jazz influence. Yeah. You can, there's lots of songs or, or stuff that because what's jazzy about it is it the is it the saxophones i think it's the stuff? saxophones i think it's more the instruments they're using is why they're like oh it's jazz influence i feel like they are using like saxophones even when you yeah, have like that change into rock and roll from jazz and whatever i feel like sometimes they still use stuff that was like a part of that yeah and but is that jazz then no yeah <laughs> i just don't know if you can call him a sellout when he never gives up his dream of wanting to open like the like Sebs. I mean, he's ready to like to just keep going on tour. But to an extent, probably that tour is eventually going to end. But then he says, when the they're future. done with the tour, we record a new album, and then we go on another tour. Yeah, but bands always break up eventually. <laughs> well, but the point is that he doesn't actually like the music that they're making. Yeah. But I just feel like there's not a point where he completely is like, I'm not going to make this club. Like, he never is like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. But I think he comes to a point where he's like, I don't think that this is something that anybody wants. He even said, like, you said it yourself. Yeah, nobody likes jazz. 
Mm-hmm. And then she says, well, they will like it if you do it because people like stuff that people are passionate about. Well, no one likes jazz. Not even you. I do like jazz now because and of you. And this is what I thought you wanted me to do. People will want to go to it because you're passionate about it and people love what other people are passionate about. You remind people uh, of what they forgot. Not my experience. I don't know if that's true. It might be. I feel like to an extent that is true. I feel like if you see people doing something that they're really passionate about, it kind of makes you interested in it because you're like wow they really care i just think that like he, i think even throughout the film it he never completely lets that dream leave i think he still has i know that i think they're trying to make it seem that way but from my point of view it seems like he still is like eventually i'm gonna open that place but also mm-hmm. when they have that argument and he's she's like why don't you open the shop why don't you leave now i think they've only been on tour for like what half a year he wouldn't have enough money to buy a whole place and open a club. <laughs> well, how famous are they? I don't know. We know he's getting paid a thousand dollars a week. That's decent money. Yeah, but not LA money. Not, not, not LA. That's, that's not true. that purchasing much. Purchasing property in LA, or at least renting property in LA, and it seems like he wants a historic building. Yeah, he wants a very specific, specific. place. It's got to be uh, the chicken taka. Yeah, chicken tapas. Frick is it called? I don't remember. Samba tapas. Samba tapas. I always thought he was saying samba topless. <laughs> What's um, a tapa? <laughs> I don't know. But but yeah, I just feel like he wasn't. You, do you really want to know what a tapas is? Yeah, is it like a food? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, please Woo. actually tell me. It's a type of food I believe from Spain, but it's like small plates. It's like mm. basically just a bunch of appetizers where you'd mm. go and you'd order like fifteen dishes for your table, and you'd all just pick at it mm. nice yeah you i don't, don't think know if he's, he's fully ma- selling out i don't think he i don't think he fully sells out yeah <laughs> um and i don't think he has enough money at that time to buy what he needs to buy and to open the place when she's arguing with him about it i think that's true um, so i just feel like that argument makes no sense that's my opinion <laughs> sure uh do you think he sells out? I think in a way, sure. I think he might be at this point where he's like, is this character stuff? I don't know. He's like, I do have some of this in character. We can just ignore it when we get to character sure. and keep it in mind. <laughs> I think to some extent he's at this point where he's like, well, maybe I should give up because I don't think anybody does care. And like, he's always kind of at this point where he feels like, maybe i guess like there's that one scene where she's on the phone with her mom and she's like oh yeah he's gonna open up his little jazz place it's gonna be really cool and she's like well no he doesn't have enough money for it and no he doesn't have a steady job and so maybe at some point he feels a bit insecure and is like oh god i need to have a a job that actually is gonna make me money and when he starts doing this he's like well why not just stay here yeah, like, I think him joining the band is him is kind of almost because of that conversation. He's like, well, I, I can prove to her that I can make money doing this. See, I'm making $1,000 a week. Which is nice. I'm, which is nice. So I think that's kind of the reason why he joins the band. But I think but, at, at some point, maybe it's too early for her to have this argument with him. But if he is making music that he hates, then I think it would be selling out. It is at yeah. this point then that he's not following his dream anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is is that it for story? I I th- I think so. I, yeah, it's 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 decent. It's not terrible. Yeah. I think the dialogue could be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the the good stuff about this movie more so comes from, and I think maybe you disagree. I think it more so comes a bit more from its visuals. Yeah. So. So do you want to stick with a seven then? Yeah, I think so. Because it's not bad enough to give it 
lower, but I yeah. I guess we'll cap off round one with two sevens. Okay. Okay, moving on to round two, which is character count scoring based on character development and relationships. Honestly, I don't think I like either of these people that much. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't hate them. I also feel like, gen- genuinely, I feel like they were miscast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'll start with the seven and we'll see if it goes down. I said 6.5 or 7. I couldn't decide. <laughs> this is Look at spooky. us. <laughs> For um, the amount of differing opinions so, we have sometimes, I'm like, wow. I feel like actually we don't disagree that much. Yeah. But for some reason, we, we're always kind of on the same page with these things. Yeah. I'll, I guess I'll start at a 7 too and we'll see if it goes down. Sure. I don't know. Sure. So we'll start with Mia, played by Emma Stone. Originally, I think they wanted Emma Watson. Yeah. Oh, that also sounds just as bad. It does. It sounds worse, honestly. <laughs> but she backed out because of Beauty and the Beast. Wasn't Emma Stone also supposed to be in Little Women and then he went with Emma Watson? Yeah. What is with yeah. you? <laughs> That's so weird. They're you know like, they, they are the same person. They do kind of give off similar vibes to me. Mm. Yeah, well, I uh, think it's like, I every time I watch this movie, and she won Best Actress for this, I want to like her more than I do. Yeah. There's something, first of all, she's got huge eyes. <laughs> so big. She's yeah. got a very odd face, I think. It's not bad. Like, I mean, I'm not going to try to like, judge her based on the way she looks, but there's just something about her presence that I look at and I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. That mixed with the fact that I don't think she's a great singer. She's not. <laughs> she also can't dance. Yeah, well. Um, I'm, what I found funny is that the director on commenting their dancing, he was like, yeah, they they made a lot of mistakes when we were filming, but I didn't fault them for it because I knew that they didn't know how to dance. Yeah. And I was like, what the frick? Just get a dancer. I think, like, that's the thing. Remember when I said casting unknowns is kind of a cool thing to do? Because yeah. then you can really get it right. It's a problem when you start to just cast famous people for these things. Yeah. It's like, I, I just don't feel like I like her in this movie. And, like, does this movie need people that are famous? No. I really don't think it does. It's about people trying to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. Get people who are trying to make it in Hollywood. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, a good point. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> like, I also, this came out after Whiplash, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think Damien Chazelle had the, the, not the star power, but the draw, like, as a director, mm-hmm. an Oscar-winning director, he could have cast on Nolan's and the still the film still would have been marketable. Yeah, because he he'd already. I mean, Whiplash is the reason this movie got made. Pretty much mm-hmm. is because people were like that movie was good. It it was critically acclaimed. Like people were like, it's great. It was at the Oscars. He hadn't like, worked with them before, had he? Uh, I don't know, but he worked with Ryan Gosling again. First man, yeah. So I was wondering. Did they say anything about why they cast these people? Let me Google it. I know that also Ryan Gosling had a. They had a first choice for Sebastian too, and I forgot to write it down. So really, he just couldn't get who he wanted. Is what it sounds like. Emma Watson, though, I feel like is also not a great singer. No, (laughs) I don't think I would have liked Emma Watson in this either. But would she have won an Oscar for this film? No. I don't think Emma Watson's oh, ever going to win. He wanted Miles Teller to play Sebastian. No. Which also I think is a terrible You know what I idea. think is Miles Teller's greatest role? 100% full loose. He's great in that movie. Genuinely one of the best parts. It's not Miles Teller that's in Whiplash, he said, it right? Says yeah, that, it is. No, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, it oh is. okay. Yeah. 
Um, it says that I always get him. Um, Teller departed stuff. via long contract <laughs> negotiations. What does that mean? Like it was taking too long to make the movie, and he's like, "Frick this." Maybe. Or they just couldn't agree. On, yeah. I want to yeah. get this much money. So. Like, no. So what I'm hearing is damage. And Gosling so- turned down the role as Beast in Beauty and the Beast in favor of La La Land. <laughs> so what's happening? <laughs> You think, imagine Ryan Gosling is the beast. Oh, no. I can't do it. Um, Ryan Gosling is, like, such a dry person, I feel like, in real life. Yeah. It's really funny. Like, I, I honestly, like... I honestly don't think I like Ryan Gosling. I honestly don't think... I think I don't mind him. He's all right. He's kind of cute. I hated him in Drive. <laughs> but that's because I hate Drive. I feel like I hate him in this movie. You know what? You guys are like, I hate uh, Sebastian. And I'm like... I feel like he's all right i just he's such an asshole he just i feel like it's more so just that he really loves jazz and then like you can love jazz and not be an asshole but he's just it it's no he but it's like nobody else understands that i feel like he's just a really unsympathetic character the entire movie there's not a point in the entire movie where i'm like oh i feel bad for him i want him to succeed mm. or that i care <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. he loves jazz because i'm like everyone loves something it's that true. doesn't give you a right to be a jerk yeah and he's also but pretentious like, about it I yeah guess he's so. like because because he's on in the camp of like oh it has to be the original form of jazz i can't like he won't settle yeah like for any when, other like mixture of something i feel like jazz. that's understandable for that kind of but he, musical style like it makes sense he doesn't want it to be but like, he's unmoving on a lot like the name I mean, he does change That's it up at true. the end, but he's like, no, it has to be chicken on a stick. And yeah. she's like, no one wants to go to that. Well, there's the and whole then thing the with building. This, there's she's, also the whole thing with the, there's the scene at the beginning with his sister where she's like sitting on that stool thing. And he's like, don't sit on like, like, Look, I guess. Which, that's like, an I artifact. Get, <laughs> yeah, I get that. But like, it is still in the same vein of like, oh, it has to be this. It has to be that. I feel like and, that's like, different. I don't, I don't think that's I feel like I, I don't mind the fact that he wants it to be authentic. I feel like there are parts where I'm like, yeah, he is a bit annoying. But I think that's a part of what makes him grow then. You know, if you have him being like a really great person at the beginning, how is he supposed to have any sort of development? I just don't think we see enough of his development because it does. he's like that all the time. And then we get to the five-year jump and we're like, okay, I guess he has a club now. But we don't know how we got there. Yeah, he changed sure. within those five years, but you don't see it. That's true. So, like, I just don't care about his art I just because feel like you I, don't see it, really. I don't, like, hate him as much as you guys did. Yeah. I think he's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> the part where, like, he's playing with the band for the first time yeah and they're like playing some jazz and he's like nice i'm playing my piano and then they start like synth music that is kind of he's just like looking around <laughs> that's more of like a writing thing that they put in that, that starts playing and then he's like what the frick well i think it's part of an acting thing yeah I guess. it's the way that you carry the look. character yeah I don't know. Uh, uh, we were talking about Mia, though. No, I know. <laughs> I was going to say, we should get back to Mia. Um, and she's fine. I mean, She's fine. I mean, she's the best character, I would say. Like, she's the most interesting, I guess. But I still don't care for her that much. And the other thing is that the she's the protagonist, but then Sebastian is also kind of a protagonist. Kind I of. feel like it's definitely Mia. No, it is. But he's also, like, just as important. They switch to his point of view. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a problem. I just think that it's, like, there's a lot happening. 
with the characters because it starts with her and she's definitely the protagonist Mm -hmm. she's also the antagonist kind of it kind of herself is the antagonist (laughs) the frick what do you mean well because she's like she doesn't she doesn't believe in herself kind of her like struggle is really herself it's not people rejecting her because every actor receives rejections well, so partly it's that it's atmosphere. Part, I mean, it's the atmosphere, but all but the main hurdle is her being able to go back and give it another try, because she has the downfall where after the play she's like, "I'm done, I can't do this," and really that her her obstacle is getting back out there and really just trying again. Yeah, but I mean, how long has she been doing this for? I don't know. I feel like it would be understandable that at a certain point you sort of say, I don't think I can do it anymore. Maybe I'm just not good enough, like she says. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's fine. Again, I don't think any movie has to have, like, it following completely the rules of, like, the antagonist must be this. No, yeah. I don't think so either. I just think it gets kind of, like, muddled with what's happening. Because then also Keith comes in, and he's also kind of what really brings them apart because he brings sebastian on tour yeah and he's the reason for him leaving and then that makes their relationship go downhill but then also i guess like her seeing that he's actually being successful maybe makes her feel like she can't so it's almost like he's also another antagonist it's almost like he's more but he's also kind of the antagonist for sebastian because Sebastian is like he kind of represents the side of jazz that Sebastian doesn't really agree with, but he still has to go along with it because he wants to make money and he wants to impress Mia. <laughs> I don't know if I would I consider know. that an antagonist because isn't the antagonist? Remember when we learned in screenwriting, they have to want the same thing. Yeah. So I don't think Keith really cares. Like he's just well, needs I don't think, somebody. I think it's more just that he is a force that like creates a lot of conflict. <laughs> well, but but like. I guess what what is the conflict in this film? I think it's Hollywood. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's more so that these two people are getting into a relationship, but they both have dreams, and so they're both kind of struggling with it. But then one kind of gets to not necessarily live out his dream, but gets success. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes her feel bad. I don't even think that it makes her feel bad. It's that she thinks that he's doing it for the wrong reason, so that makes her mad. I think it's strange that if you're saying the main, like, this could be the conflict, is the balancing, maintaining their relationship and chasing their dreams, is it happens so late in the movie. There's so much movie that happens before we really see any of that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that, I mean, that really is only seen during the dinner scene. Yeah, that's when it really, like, Like, it's when he gets signed. But again, that's what, so that's in the, that's in the, when does this movie start? Winter? Fall? Winter. So that's in the summer portion of the movie yeah if I remember correctly so that's three-fourths of the film yeah before that pops off and i don't really think it had i mean and, and the thing is at the end you, you you would think oh it does have to do with their relationship because the end is literally showing like this could have happened between them but they have their separate lives now so you would think it would be really rooted in their relationship but that doesn't really happen until like three-fourths of the i way think through. it's more and you said he wrote this in film school uh, or came he wrote, up with it? Well, he came up with it in film school, yeah. Wrote it in Harvard. At Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more it, just his exploration of finding success. I don't think there's a real conflict other than like, finding success. How hard it is to achieve your dream. Yeah. I feel like, I think part of it, it's like she has this dream and is someone passionate about it and then meets someone who is equally passionate, maybe even more so, about something else. Mm-hmm. So she is drawn to that and they can kind of, I guess, find 
something in each other that's like okay you kind of understand what i'm going through mm-hmm. and and then there's that one scene with the, the chicken on a stick scene where she's like i think you should change the name and you get to see that he's very much set in his ways i feel like one of the bigger problems is that i i don't know if i care for their relationship because i don't know how much chemistry they have yeah and there's not a whole lot that i see that i'm like yeah these people are in love i'm trying to think of scenes that show it you i think maybe say that the dancing scenes are really what like elevate it yeah. And I mean, I guess the best example is maybe them and their apartment house thing, and he's playing the piano, and he's playing City of Stars, and then they're singing, and then all of the dancing sequences. But like, does that really show that they're in love? I guess. But it's not that strong of a way to show that they're in love, because it's just song. And it's not a, like, it's it's not a song talking about their love story. For for a musical, you would think that it would have, like, a, a love you, uh, <laughs> a love theme? <laughs> kind of a love theme, but like... There is a me and Sebastian's theme. Yeah. I think this movie needs more than just a theme to show that they're in love. I think this movie needs more of them coming together and that relationship being strong enough that when they're torn apart, you feel like it matters. Yeah. Because when they're torn apart, they're not really even... Because he comes and visits her all the time. Yeah. And like... Like, you see them still, like, even though they say, oh, he's on tour, Mm -hmm. you still see him around her all the time. So, like, like, he's, he gets home and sleeps on the bed, like, and he's on tour. Like, it's still, it doesn't show that they're really that far apart. So, I just don't feel that it's, like, that big of an issue. Like, I just feel like it should have been handled a bit better. Maybe, like, a scene where she calls him and he's on tour and he kind of is, like, aloof. That Mm -hmm. could help. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just feel like I don't care about this relationship that much. Yeah. It really doesn't happen until the end of the film. Like, yeah. when when she won't go with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or when he misses his show and he puts his photo shoot above her. Yeah. yeah. That's really when you see but, it. Yeah, it's like, you you only see the ends of it. You don't see any of this transition to the flirtation, being in love. They have a montage. <laughs> yeah. The montage of them, like falling in love i guess yeah i think the, the the cutest scene is for me is more so when he like walks her to her car and then has to walk all the way back because he parked right in front of the house yeah that's kind of cute I, I just have one other quote that i found that i thought was interesting from the ellie review of books morgan lee davis said uh that mia is more little more than a bystander to her own story sebastian's drive and dedications are more textured than mia's and it is his melody that reoccurs throughout the film to denote particularly important moments in their relationship he is the author of their relationship he comes out to ask her to work he introduces her to jazz he takes her to see rebel without a cause for research despite the fact that she's an actor and a supposed cinephile (laughs) um so yeah i thought that was kind of interesting that he does kind of bring her along for everything and he kind of like almost starts their relationship and story in a way kind of i guess so i mean that'd be kind of traditional male (laughs) yeah uh starting a relationship yeah is that that more so to say that me is not actually much of an active protagonist yeah it's more so that it's just what the frick is his name sebastian doing everything yeah it's kind of hinting at that i mean i suppose you could expect that from something written by a guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I don't know i guess like if mia is the protagonist which i think she is maybe you do see a little bit more about sebastian and his the way that he's thinking about his life and whatever yeah i don't know mia really just has the fact that she wrote that play and it didn't work out 
Mm-hmm. And then she's also not getting any of her audition, like, not getting any of those parts. Yeah. I think it is just kind of interesting that, like, once there's the shift of, okay, they're together, but Sebastian's in a band, you kind of see his side of what's happening more than you see her. Like, she keeps on saying, I'm doing a play, like, I'm creating a play, but you don't see any of that. It's mostly focusing on what he's doing. Well, I guess because all she's doing is writing a play. We don't even know what it's about. It's yeah, about her don't. life, apparently. I guess, yeah. I just think, but if she's the protagonist, why is it focusing on him so much? No, it's true. Maybe they're yeah. deuteragonists. Maybe. I just find that kind of strange. Because I feel like it does focus on him for like the latter half of the movie more than her. And he's not the protagonist. Maybe they're deuteragonists. Maybe they're deuteragonists. I don't know. Do you want to move on to Sebastian? Oh, we haven't done Sebastian? <laughs> we haven't. I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, some jazz fans and traditionalists have a problem with the character. Nice. Jazz fans see this as a false depiction of important debates within the jazz community. Um, <laughs> uh, and by that, I mean that someone accused Damien Chazelle of ideological snobbery, noting that the most real jazz fans actually agree with Keith in the fact that traditionalism is not the best way to revive the genre and that today's artists have realized that letting go of these conservative notions is the best way to save jazz. But Chazelle stacks the the deck against him and Keith turns out to be, uh, to use as a laughable like 80s sound, which is meant to seem completely disconnected from his jazz roots. Mm. So people kind of were like, well, in this film you're like, like they're saying, okay, Going away from jazz roots is bad, but in the community, apparently it's completely opposite, and people are like, it is good to kind of, like, mix it with other stuff. What's the phrase you said? Ideological snobbery. snobbery. (laughs) If anyone was to be accused of that, I think it would be Damien Chazelle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he does say, like, uh, jazz is always changing, and Mm -hmm. and so so I guess their problem is that he doesn't do that well like the the 80s thing is supposed to be more of a joke yeah because the 80s thing is supposed to be like oh it's a joke it's so like all the songs from the band that they're singing what Mm -hmm. is it they're singing uh i don't think that's a bad song yeah that this is what other people are saying people are like the songs that are supposed to be bad which are the song they're singing with the band they're like that's supposed to be a bad song it's supposed to show that oh look how terrible this band i don't think that's true i feel like i feel like more so maybe that's what he's trying to say though is that uh, you know maybe you don't have to be that traditional also if that line is in that movie it must be something that he's somewhat thinking about as being something that he should tell also the line about how he's like i know you think that this is crazy but like jazz is always changing you know the way that you view it is bad sebastian doesn't have to be right the character's ideology it doesn't mean he's right yeah just because it's what he believes i mean i don't know what he's doing at the end if that is i think it's really more traditional what he wanted but i don't think that's end. necessarily i don't a know bad if it's thing. bad i'm just thought i would bring up the fact that people are saying that like like sebastian as the main character talking mm-hmm. about jazz is going against what like modern jazz fans are like going towards and and, and keith represents that side kind of but they're yeah. showing that as like the bad side mm-hmm. so yeah i just thought i'd bring that up <laughs> I feel like in some ways Keith doesn't come off to me as being like a terrible person. No. So I I, I don't know. I feel like maybe it, in some ways it is them being like, well, it is okay to have a differing opinion on jazz. But mm-hmm. I mean, also yeah, jazz being dead. 
I feel like that's not true. I think in, you could think of because it's not popular, it doesn't mean it's dead. There's yeah. lots of people who are very into jazz. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they have like um, big, big like conventions and stuff for people like that. I, I watched a video about sort of the ways in which like music works. Like I think it was saying, is rock music dying? And they were saying, kind of, but it's more so that it's going to become more of like a cult thing, like jazz will be. Yeah. I don't really think that any form of music can necessarily die. I mean, you can think of, like, classical music. Nobody's going around playing classical music, like... Some people... But some people but it still doesn't really... Mean it's dead. It doesn't mean it's dead. <laughs> people still listen to it, and people still play it. Yeah, and, and like, any sort of musical style is obviously gonna go out of fashion when the next thing comes around. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's dead. It's still there. Yeah. People still care about it. You know? So I listen to a lot of 60s rock and roll. Yeah. Do people still make 60s rock and roll? I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe indie bands. Maybe yeah. little alternative stuff. But does that mean it's dead? Who cares? Yeah. I, I don't understand really what he means. Mm-hmm. I think more so it's just that all the jazz clubs that he likes to go to aren't a thing anymore. But I, but, but he does make one, and it's fine. This is another thing just other people brought up, is some people were wondering if the character being white was a good idea, since jazz is a uniquely black American genre. Yeah. People are mostly saying that they're not suggesting that it's racist, but it's more just saying that people suggest that you can't really separate jazz from black history yeah and it's foolish to do so in a film for by and about white people yeah so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah Yeah. i mean i'm sure that uh he was like well i want the main character to be white because this is i mean sebastian in a way is kind of damien (laughs) I, I need to fact check this, but Damien Chazelle strikes me as the kind of director who doesn't cast people of color in his film very often. I mean, from thinking about the other films, probably not. John Legend. John Legend is <laughs> the executive producer on this film. <laughs> yeah. So I can only think of three movies he's done. But do you mean like? Do you know what I mean? They're no, always yeah. either yeah. side characters. They're never leads. Yeah, I think that's enough on Sebastian, though. We've talked about him for a lot. Where, where do you want to leave it then? We started at seven. I might go six and a half. You know what? Uh, I'll, I'll go six and a half with you. Wow. On that note, we're going to move on to round three, which is visual volume, which is scoring based on visual elements such as cinematography, production design, and costuming. I know you guys really don't like the visuals in this movie, but I actually feel like they're probably the best part. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Yeah, maybe this is where we'll have the most arguments. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be an argument. I feel like I'll start with an eight. Okay. <laughs> It's not honestly that high, that much higher. I said seven and a half. Oh. So it's not that big of a difference. Which is, I feel like we were watching this movie and you guys were like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I was like, I feel like that looks good. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah. The color palette of the film. Yeah. It's very bright, but also a lot of dark blues and purples. Yes. And I feel like it is a very bright, contrasty movie. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that. It's very poppy. It is very reminiscent of those old movies if they're trying to pay homage to that yes you know they did do that back then mm-hmm. i feel like i i kind of like that aspect but we were talking about how this movie is the strangest shots yeah because i was watching and i was like this is the first the scene where he goes into his apartment and talks to his sister is one shot yeah and it's like a tracking shot and it like moves and then it comes back and then they leave and they do that a lot Mm -hmm. like there's not a whole lot of cuts in this film yeah 
I think that they got that kind of from the 1930s, again, like, film musicals. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those were also, like, single take. Like, especially, like, the, the musical numbers, at least. Yeah. Were single take. So I think he got that from... Uh, as inspiration for for those shots but they're just weird i feel like it's fine i feel like the problem is then you don't have those like close-up emotional shots yeah it's because so many of them are like long takes yeah and and, uh, this is another thing where like i never noticed it until we watched it Mm -hmm. in preparation for this Mm -hmm. i think it's again just because now that we have been studying film stuff i'm like oh i realize that they're doing a one take thing here (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just, I just noticed that, uh, where I hadn't noticed that before, but, like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. I don't know if I like it, especially because, like, we were watching it, and literally, I was like, I never noticed there's no cuts in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 1917 who? <laughs> like, what <Yeah>. the frick? <laughs> I just, I sometimes feel like I don't like that, because I feel like then it's too far away, and I'm yeah. like, I want to see them closer up. I want to see their reactions. There's no, there's not a lot of reaction shots. Yeah, I also feel like it's fine for the beginning of a scene to, like, establish people coming in or something, but then I like to have it turn into, like, close-ups and stuff. If I wanted to see the actors far away, I'd go see a play. Exactly. Yeah, this was maybe editing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But, but it's also... But it's it's but cinematography. Also the, yeah. yeah. I guess reaction shots. I mean, yeah, it's mostly just cinematography, I guess. But I, don't, I think the production design's all right. I think it's pretty good. The production design, I'm pretty sure it won. I mean, this it won, won for cinematography. Oscars. I think it won for both. I'm How many Oscars check. did it win? This uh, might be a societal six. question. Okay, I bet I can guess them. It's got to be director, actress, production yeah. design, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, There's two more. Is it like sound mixing or something? No. Oh, the, the, think music. Oh, is it score? Score and song? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, is it City of Stars? I'm pretty sure it was City of Stars. Yeah. So it won six, but it was nominated for like I'm pretty sure most Oscars, like all the other categories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the consensus is that everyone really likes it. I think that I mean the thing is, visuals are such a taste thing. Yeah. Some people can love the visuals and some of something, and other people can hate the same visuals. Like it's really just depending on what you like. Anyways, he wanted to he wanted the film to emulate the widescreen cinemascope look of 1950s musicals. Yep. Consequentially, the film was shot on celluloid film, not digitally, with Panavision equipment in cinemascope. Uh, 2.55 to 1 ratio but it's not in true cinemascope because that doesn't exist anymore um, but they tried to make it look like that <laughs> i'm always a sucker for something shot on film mm-hmm. which is like a pretentious thing to say <laughs> but i feel like it's true i don't know why it just looks better mm-hmm. i think it, it makes you feel like it's a bit more fantastical in a way because it doesn't look as real like when it's so sharp i'm like i, I just don't know why i'm not into this I mean, it's fine. In a way, I think it just looks a bit less cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost looks like you could shoot it, like, here. Like, yeah. you could just shoot it. I mean, I feel like if it's a more character-based story, it makes sense to have it on film almost because it just looks more, I guess, cinematic. So it kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But does. if it's, like, a flashy, like, uh, like I don't know. Avengers. Avengers I feel like that would <laughs> look dumb on film. They Endgame on film. <laughs> that would be dumb. <laughs> So, like, I see uses for both. Yeah. <laughs> um, first scene that they shot was the, the opening dance scene. They filmed it over two days, and it required, like, 100 dancers. And then to, like, shut down the freeway or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were originally going to do it on, like, a ground-level freeway, 
But then they were like, no, we want to do it on like a an off the ground one because they wanted to show the vastness of LA. Sure. And show the world, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fun. I yeah. mean, we were watching that scene and we were like, oh yeah, look at all, like, they're all wearing like very bright shirts. Yeah, this movie, I mean, I got into, I'm not going to go all the way into the color theory of this movie because oh. i found an article that is super long talking about what all the colors mean oh. in this movie and it would take me too long to talk about all of them so i'll touch on a couple of them but like just know that there is like theory behind the colors um that i think if you just google colors in la la land you can find this article pretty easily um but they did think it, it was a thing that they kept in the back of their mind but yeah, they use a lot of like primary colors, mm-hmm. like specifically blues and reds and a little bit of yellow. That's more of like a background color. They use it in clothes a lot, but other yeah. than that, it's mostly just like background kind of mixed with other colors. Green. Yeah. So yeah, there's also the the dance like the tap dancing scene, which they shot uh, during the magic hour. What a waste which, of a lovely night. If no one knows what Magic Hour is, it's just, like, a very short period of time when it's sunset, pretty much. Like, Golden Hour? Well, I think Golden... Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's just when the sun is, like, setting. Yeah, it's just sunset or rising. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just kind of a... It's called the Magic Hour because it just looks cool, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, like, it's it's colorful. It's a a very warm, soft, flattering light. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's hard to get it because... it's a short period of time that you have to film in so they shot it it took eight takes and two days to shoot with eight takes not that many took eight takes it's one shot isn't it yeah oh eight takes eight takes over two days yeah well that's doesn't seem like that many honestly i think it's just because that's the only the amount of time they had it's kind of a long they had if they had an hour and it's eight takes and it's probably around a three minute scene then say they did four in each day yeah that's uh split 12 minutes but then of course they're gonna have to reset or whatever move everything that's Mm -hmm. probably about an hour yeah is it one camera angle I think uh, it's one shot. I think it is one it shot. It feels like one shot. That's that seems like something you'd have to really like, like rehearse. I think, yeah, it yeah. seems like they probably had to rehearse it. But yeah, eight takes over two days. Um, and apparently when they nailed it, everyone exploded. <laughs> everyone well, was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I like which, the way that scene looks. Which, I don't yeah. care what you guys say. I mean, <laughs> well, I guess we'll talk about why McKenna and I were like, I don't know if we... I literally never understand what you guys are talking about you're always like this thing looks like it's like a green screen or it it looks or the lighting's wrong and i'm like it looks fine the problem (laughs) like i think if you're looking at that like just as a as a composition if you're looking at it like that i think it looks pretty like i think the colors are pretty it's just that as they go they they walk up the hill and they turn towards la it's so color corrected that to me it looks like they're standing out from the background and it looks like they're on a green screen i, I know they're not like don't even notice that i feel like it doesn't look like that to me i feel like it looks like they're standing there i just i just think it looks like a green screen. i can never understand that kind of stuff like, it's just it's so color corrected that it, they had to because when they're color correcting it they had to cut them out pretty much to not change them because the background is super color corrected. Feels like such a film school. So thing. when they cut them out, it would have like changed them from the background. I yeah, I think. Well, my thing is, why did you make such a big deal about shooting at golden hour when and they color corrected it that much? The shit out of the scene. I think it's that's what bothers me. Is like 
And I think that's what bothers me with the whole movie is that the color palette just pops to me and it's something I'm aware of the entire film. I don't mind I the color like palette. That. Like, I don't think <laughs> I'm as offended of the color palette as you are. <laughs> but because I, I do like the primary colors and I think it's fun. But mm-hmm. like, I just think in some instances, it's a bit too much. Yeah. And I think that they should have drawn back a little it bit. It just jarred me in certain moments yeah. of the film where I was like, oh, right. I don't know. I feel like I really like it. Like, I don't know why, but I, I like that vibrancy. I mean, that's fine. Again, this is complete, like, just taste thing. <laughs> I also feel like the vibrancy didn't fit the tone of the movie at all. But it's about Hollywood and, like, all the spectacle and, like, trying to follow your dream. But I just found, I mean, I think maybe I find the story flat and the characters flat, and so then the vibrancy you want felt the flat. out of place. You want everything else to be flat? <laughs> I just... I mean, I like that it's colorful because I feel like a lot of movies do stick to one color and the whole movie is, like, blue tinted and you're like, well, this is boring. I or, like, also, grays. <laughs> I would also say that I never saw this movie until we watched it the other night. Yeah. yeah. And I thought I was going to hate it with the same level of rage I mean. that Alsha does. And I think I'm on Chelsea's side. It's an okay movie. It's, it's really fine. not that bad. <laughs> It's like, just, I hate it so it's much. It's just something that like irks me about but it. Yeah, that's that I an don't element like. that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not that I think you're wrong. I just never understand what you're talking about when you talk <laughs> about lighting. I'm always like, ah, oh, I, I think the problem is I literally do not care about lighting. <laughs> like, there's something in me. De- Whenever we do cinematography things, I'm like, I just do not care. Like, it's just not. It's probably it's not the least important thing to me, but like. That's why I think I hate those really like film broy visual movies because mm-hmm. they're all so based on that. And oh, like, most of them are like, oh, if you if you ask a film bro to like usually what they like about the movie, it's like the visuals are good. And I'm like, I really just do not care. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. I I don't know. That's so irksome to me. Like those kind of things. Yeah. And I'm just like, unless the lighting is like too dark mm-hmm. that I can't see their faces. I'm usually like, this is fine. And then, like, sometimes people, like, you guys are talking about the light source and where it's coming from. And, like, I just don't notice those things. Because to me, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I know it's fake. And I can't really, maybe I'm just not a visual enough person to imagine what that would look like in real life Mm -hmm. to compare them. Because to me, I'm like, this is just what it looks like. I mean, mostly for me, the only times that are weird are, like, I mean, I called it they pulled a Riverdale, but when oh. the outside turns, like, the sun is blue all of a sudden, or purple, and it's shining blue through the window, it's called pulling a Riverdale in my mind, because they do that all the time on Riverdale. That's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> um, but, like, that, to me, like, it stands out to me, because I'm like, the sun is not green. <laughs> Why is it green? It looks like, legitimately, they stuck a light put it through the window, and that's the light because that's exactly what they did. That's what people <laughs> do sometimes when we're on set, too. They'll be like, here, let's put a blue f- gel over it, and now it's moonlight. And I'm like, when was the moon ever blue? I mean, you can... I think it's just that they're using too aggressive of a blue. Yeah. like Because it is, like, blue-tinted. The a light. little but bit, it's not but it's blue. always, like, blue. And yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, well, huh? Hey, man, the moon is white. <laughs> Do you want me to talk, go a little bit into the colors? Give me, like, a couple. What okay. do you think is most important? Um, most important are the blues and reds. So, the blue is always around me and Sebastian, and it uh, apparently represents creativity and control. 
Sure. Um, so, like, it follows them throughout the film, uh, most notably in, like, her dress uh, at the beginning when she goes to the party. And, and like, everyone else's suit, uh, like, outfits in that scene are mostly, like, yellows and reds. Yeah. And so she kind of stands out from them. And uh, his suit is also blue at some point. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but it also follows them around just in the background. And, like, I think when she's in the theater, it's pretty blue. Also, Seb's is blue, like the actual sign. Yeah, the there's like a lot of blue. It's all blue. <laughs> so that kind of follows them around, I guess, whenever they're doing anything to do with either her acting or his jazzing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> jazzing. Jazz and jazzing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what the blue stands is just kind of like their creativity yeah. and them, them throughout the movie doing that. Um, and then red is uh, used um, either to... Um, wake characters up to the truth or to dangle the promise of something greater above them mm-hmm. apparently so when she's in the coffee shop she sees the the famous person come in mm-hmm. and and everyone kind of looks and is like oh someone's come <laughs> she's wearing red <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. so that's kind of it's it's very obvious it's her uh longing for that life mm-hmm. as this person in a red dress walks by uh at the pool party sebastian has a red guitar and uh, I also think he's in red. And also the color of the stool when he signs the contract with Keith is red. Um, so that's him, like, uh, waking up to the truth and, like, letting go of what mm-hmm. he believes in, kind of, I guess. And then at the end of the film is where they bring, throughout the whole film, other than the blues and reds, they use all the colors. Yeah. There's a lot of yellows, too, oranges, uh, greens. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, when they do the, like, walkthrough in the set kind of things... It's just rainbow of colors. <laughs> so it's that, kind of like a cu- accumulation of all of their lives that you've seen throughout the film mm-hmm. and all of the colors that you've seen. It's the end of the movie. When they're going through their life, it's showing a rainbow of colors representing their life. Well, I, yeah, that, there we go. that ending scene <laughs> is very much reminiscent of Singing in the Rain, like the Broadway melody you talked yeah. about. So I feel like that's mostly an homage. Can we talk about that stupid scene where they're like dance spinning through the air and the sky? Oh, yeah. What is that <laughs> supposed to be about? I don't know. Again, I think it's supposed to be like the the relationship oh they're look at they're in love this is a fantasy this part. is a fantasy they're 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 t- them together is a fantasy yeah. they're floating they're they're in the sky you know i think it's just supposed to be representing their love uh, i i would just like to bring up that i love a good silhouette shot and i think that they had a good one Mm-hmm. Mostly when she does the audition scene again, and he's like, in I do the other like room. that. I will say, I, I like think visually, part. my favorite part is probably the end, uh, like, um, dream sequence. Like, yeah. like the whole set thing, and then there's the silhouette, and like, just all of that. I think it's probably my favorite visually because it is really pretty. Weirdly, my, well, I think my favorite scene is that initial scene with her roommates. And just the geography of that house and all the colors, I feel like that's where it really works that is, for me. I do yeah. like that scene, too, yeah. Like, if the whole movie had that energy, I'd be on board. Mm-hmm. I do, yeah, I agree with that. I do like that scene. It's fun. What's your favorite scene, Chelsea? I guess visually. My favorite scene visually? Well, visually. well do, is it the end sequence, or is it another, is it the, um, the sunset? Sunrise? I do honestly like the tap dance scene. Mm-hmm. Um... 
The end sequence is fun because I think, again, it reminds me of Singing in the Rain, and I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I like it when they have, like, a nice purple sunset. Those are always fun for me. Mm -hmm. I think, but yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think that the the production design is not terrible, and I think Mm -hmm. that the color palette to me is cool. I feel like I wasn't mad that this movie won Best Cinematography. I mean, I'm trying to think of what... I mean, I can look at what it was against. For production design, it was up against Arrival, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, Hail Caesar, and Passengers, okay. which it won. Um, I'm not mad about it winning production design. Yeah, mm-hmm. production design's good. Uh, it was up against Arrival, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence for cinematography. That's it? Yeah. I like Arrival. I don't. You know what? You want to know I why you like Arrival? Because you like Fincher stuff. That movie's so dark. I still haven't <laughs> seen Arrival. What? I told you that. You guys watched it without me. <laughs> oh, man. That movie, I mean, it's a good movie. It's very dark. And I think that fits what's happening. I don't know why I don't like that. I mean, if it's, again, if it's Fincher stuff, I feel like it's I probably Fincher, would. It's not Fincher, but it no, feels, but if it feels like Fincher, Fincher. I don't think it feels Finchery. It, the, the cinematography to me feels more Finchery than, like, anything else I can think of. <laughs> okay. I I cannot cannot confirm. It feels like it's very gray and dark and uh, foggy. I don't think that's Finchery. Fincher is so dark. Yeah, but it's dark, but there's a specific color palette to a Fincher film that this doesn't. It's uh, yellows and blues. I'm not saying it looks exactly like Fincher. I'm saying (laughs) the reason that I think you enjoy it is because you do like Fincher stuff. I feel like the (laughs) Venn diagram of Fincher cinematography fans to whoever did Arrival is like a circle. (laughs) Who did Arrival? Uh, Bradford Young. You mean for cinematography? Yeah. Yeah, Bradford Young. Who does Fincher stuff? I don't know. Um, like, I just... I, there's something about, like, those dark kind of movies that have, like, little close to no color. And, and it works for what's happening in it. I just don't really enjoy it. I mean, I can see that it won for cinematography because of the colors. And, like, produ- same with production design. Because it is different from a lot... Th- a lot of movies don't use, like, bright, aggressively primary colors. You know? Mm-hmm. That's not seen very often. So I'm fine with that it I won it. I just feel like it's pretty. I think that some scenes are pretty. I just think some scenes, it went a bit too far. Do you get that? I do. Sure. <laughs> okay. Do we want to cap off that round there, then? I don't it, know. I, I feel like that's probably fine. Yeah. We both gave it seven and a half, I think, originally. I thought I gave it an eight. Oh, you did give it an eight. I'll okay. stick with the eight. I, I, I have to give it some points more somewhere. I mean, not that I'm not giving it points, but... <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll stick with my seven and a half because I do think that it has some good moments, but the 0.5 off is because I think sometimes it went a bit too far. And I think some of the long shots didn't need to be there. I don't know why. Yeah, I think partly, partly it's like the long shots are impressive in some respects. Like, yeah, like it's cool that they did that. But I feel Um, like more so sometimes I think that it would be more beneficial to have more of a close up. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why. They, they don't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll move on to round four then, which is editing enumeration, scoring based on editing, music, and sound design. I think the music's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. So let, let's give it, an, let's amp up to an 8.5. Okay. I said eight. Okay. My main thing with the music is for, for like, I don't mind the songs individually. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of them are catchy. I like City of Stars. It's it's cute, mm-hmm. and I like the the piano. I really like this me and Sebastian's theme. Like yeah, the- I like their theme too. But I feel like a lot of the I feel like 
you could make this not a musical and still uh, have the same things happen, and it wouldn't make any difference at all. Um, so you're saying, like, the, the story driving stuff doesn't come from the songs? Yeah, like, at all. In yeah. my opinion, <laughs> um, because if you think about it, what are the what are the musical esque songs? The first song, that doesn't need to happen. It could just do a pan shot of of L A. But but that and song then go to is the car. more so setting the scene of like this this is a city full of people who have dreams. I mean, sure, but you can do that in other ways that aren't a song, and it like pretty easily, and you would get the same point across. How? Like what? Like Just it's even a, it's, showing like like the stuff happening in L- there's a lot happening in L A. You could even show the film sets happening. She's like I just feel like it, it's such a huge number that kind of like it does showcase this whole idea of like I mean if you listen to the lyrics of that song is like people leaving home coming to L A. being driven by music and wanting to make it or whatever mm-hmm. being an actress and. I think you do get the sense of, like, this is, again, a city full of people who are all like this. Mm -hmm. And so you get the sense that, like, she is among all these people. Maybe there's more competition. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you could do it in other ways, but I feel like none of those would really be quite as effective or really as simple in some ways as this. Like, Mm -hmm. why you would go and show a bunch of films that they don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there is other ways to do it that they could have done that, like, you don't need it. If, if, If imagining that this isn't a musical... Yeah. I feel like you could definitely find other ways to do what the first song does. But I think pretty that easily. if you're thinking about it in the way of like modern day musicals in which a lot of plot is coming from the story, like the songs, those musicals back then didn't do that. Yeah. Like if you watch Singing in the Rain, none of the songs have anything to do with anything going on in the mm-hmm. movie, except for maybe like two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, if what are they trying to do? I don't know if they're trying to make it that the music needs to do that well, stuff. Well, that's what is kind of confusing to me is that a lot of a lot of the songs aren't really uh, like the first number is very much this is a musical yeah. because they're literally singing for no reason. But like City of Stars, whenever he sings it, it's kind of just him writing a song, kind of like you can see it as he's writing a song. And, like, this is just, because that's just what he's come up with. It's not necessarily him singing out of, like, like randomly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could just be him writing a song so it's not out of the realm of possibility of just normal life. Do you know what I mean? No. What? <laughs> when does he When does he sing that song? This movie doesn't feel like a musical this to is, me. This is what I'm yeah. getting at. Is that the only songs that really are traditional musical songs is the first one, the audition song. Yeah. Because that one, she's literally singing her life. That's my favorite song, I think, of like the musical style. I do like that song. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. <laughs> yeah, this feels like a movie that has songs in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like all of the songs except for the first one. And the audition song feel like they're just songs that could have been in the movie if it wasn't a musical, anyways, because they're either singing a song. The stuff on the t- on the in the with the band, they're just singing it. That doesn't make it a musical song. They're just singing a band song. <laughs> yeah. And, and him playing City of Stars, he's legitimately just playing it. But but I'm yeah. Well, that's fine. But I think the point is that's kind of how those movies worked back then. They're not like modern day musicals. I guess so. I'm just saying that, like, it doesn't feel like a musical to me. I feel like those movies then also don't... Well, they do feel like musicals. I feel like... I, I also feel like the music... The musical part of it stops, like, for the majority of the movie. Like, it's, like, a big number, like they do. and then there's, like, integrated music within it, and then there's the audition song, 
And that's about it. Well, it's weird, like, because they sing the first one, Another Day of Sun, and yeah. then they sing Someone in the Crowd, mm-hmm. which is also another song about Hollywood, and, yeah. like, someone could be the person who helps you make you famous, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the theme, which isn't a song that anybody sings. And then it's mostly City of Stars a lot. <laughs> Yeah, City of Stars, of course, he goes and joins that band. Yeah, which all the songs for the band make sense to just be played normally anyway. But perhaps maybe once he joins the band, the musical stuff stops. Because yeah. then at a point, it's they're not in this fantasy anymore of like chasing your dreams. Yeah. And then it doesn't really show up again until the audition song, which yeah. could be seen as going back to that. Maybe. So yeah. maybe the musical stuff is all stuff that has to do with this idea that they want to make it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, to me, it just doesn't feel like a musical because for half of it, I forget that it's a musical. But that that's not to say that I don't, like, I don't hate the songs individually. I just think in, like, I just think they steer away from the fact that it's a musical for, like, most of it. And then they go back at the end a little bit. This is, this is again, just a comment that's up to taste, but some pe- there was a couple times in my research that I found people saying that the two songs that they liked the most were the, were the rendition of Iran at the party and Start a Fire, which is the song that the band sings. Multiple people were saying that they liked those songs as opposed to all of the other traditional, like, new songs from the movie. What <laughs> the frick? I ran. No. <laughs> I think it, but I'm saying that's a taste thing. I'm just pointing out I that I saw a, a couple people saying. <laughs> no. There was legitimately a couple things saying that their favorite songs for the movie Look, were the ones that were supposed are, to be the bad ones. But those are people who are like, frick this, I hate, my, yeah. <laughs> hate musicals. <laughs> those are the people that are like, I hate musicals. I yeah, like I normal music. Yeah. Yeah. What are my favorite songs? I listen to Another Day of Sun sometimes because mm-hmm. I really like the bass line. I think it's really good. About that day, I left home out of Greyhound Station west of Santa Fe. We were 17, but he was sweet and it was true. I'm I'm not a big City of Stars fan. I don't mind. I think I hate the key. It is a weird key. Because he's like, City of Stars. (laughs) City of Stars. (laughs) Eyes shining just for me. And I'm like, I also, they do. It's too high for her. And it's that other song. The one there, What a Waste of a Lovely Night. And they're tap dancing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, The sun is setting down. The sun is nearly gone. The lights are turning on. She's like, I think I'll be the one to make that call. I think I'll be the one to make that call. It's your call. And I'm like, why are you <laughs> so like, high? Key? And why is he so low? What key are you in? <laughs> I'm like, why don't they just make it a more comfortable key I don't know. for both it's of strange. them? They really do choose the strangest key for all of these songs. I used to be in a band. I used to do worship <laughs> team a lot. And we always had to, because my leader was a guy. Yeah. And he played the bass. And so we had to choose keys that were that were like able for us to be able to sing at a good place and yeah. also for him so mm-hmm. you really have to find that sweet spot yeah i don't think they found the sweet spot i think yeah. they went this is the key i want it to be in and they're like what i think that's <laughs> a lot of the challenge when you have songs with uh male and female singers in it yeah it's finding the good key except that there's great duets well, well yeah it's also <laughs> the challenge when you don't cast singers yeah, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing like. yeah one person when they were describing the music 
um, and the choreography as well, is that they were saying that that everything kind of had an almost placeholder quality to the music and the choreography. So they had like good ideas in the right places, but they lacked the poetry, inspiration, rhythm, or just the the pizzazz to lift the music to another plane of fantasy. Which is, I think, them trying to get at the fact that like it's good, but. If they're going to, like, again, the 50s style of musical, it's lacking that extra step that's bringing it there. Well, yeah, because these people haven't uh, dedicated their life to dance. Exactly. <laughs> you know what, though? I think, <laughs> didn't they say Ryan Gosling learned how to play the piano for this? I know you said that. Um, I, I feel probably. like he's pretty good <laughs> if he did. He spent three months learning to play the piano. I feel like that's pretty good progress for someone who only spent three months learning to play the piano. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyways, I think, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but I just feel like the music's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it won best score, right? I feel like that mm-hmm. makes sense. I feel like I can understand. I mean, and, and I can understand a movie that is uh, a musical winning best score and song because it's kind of the point or mm-hmm. not the point, but, like, they worked on it a lot. It was a big part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just that, like, for me, it doesn't it doesn't uh, live up to my, my standards of musical. <laughs> and I just don't care for the songs very much. I just feel like you're also <laughs> a really big fan of a different type of musical. I mean, I but I like, like older music, like, older musicals, too. I just, <laughs> I just feel like it doesn't feel like a musical to me, and the music is just kind of fine in some places. Anyways, well, I think that I'm just gonna, st- maybe I'll stick with my 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. Just because yeah. I'm like, I feel like I do like the music. I'm gonna stick with my 8. Okay. We'll move on to round 5, which is Societal Sum, which is scoring based on the impact the film has on society and the industry. This one, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I feel like I don't I, know if it really matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the time, it won a bunch of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it changed anything. I really don't think it brought back the musical. No. So, I feel like a seven. I said like seven and a half. I don't know oh. if that's too high. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll talk we, about we it. talk about it. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like I mentioned at the very beginning. This movie is has polarizing reviews. Some people are like, this is art it's beautiful everything about it is great mm-hmm. and some people are like me <laughs> yeah and just don't care for it and yeah it's interesting because when it first came out people really liked it and there wasn't really that many negative reviews and then suddenly when it came into the light of like oscar bait and like oscar season and golden globe season and all of that then finally people were like hold on <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like the, you do have movies where people are like, it's fine. It's just when it starts getting more popular and you feel like it deserves, then you get angry. Yeah, because then people are like, is it deserving of that? I don't know. You know what? I think nobody would have cared about Twilight if it wasn't as popular as it was. That's why people hate on it. It's because they feel like they don't understand why it's big. Yeah, probably. Uh, can we take a moment? Nah, I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> do we? Is it the fact that it almost won this picture? Yeah. <laughs> Can we take a moment and talk about the funniest moment? <laughs> Were you watching the actual ceremony? Yeah, I, was. I remember like lying in bed, not in bed. I was on my couch and I was just like, yeah, okay, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be La La Land. And then they were like, La La Land. And I was like, sure, whatever. And then they were like, we made a mistake. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I was laughing, but I was like, this is the Oscars. <laughs> How did they let this happen? <laughs> Watching it live was incredible. Oh, it was. I was like, well, I was like, 
at the time I was like, man, my kids are going to be like, do you remember that one time <laughs> when they announced the wrong thing? And I'm be like, yes, I, I do. do. And now I'm like, I don't think anybody cares. It was so funny, though. I mean, it was wild. I mean, yeah. That Matt Damon lookalike guy got fired, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. He's the guy who runs the envelopes. Oh, yeah. He probably did get fired. I don't know. That was such a weird mix-up. You know what I think the problem was? They got Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. They're old. Obviously, they're not going to understand the card thing. Well, I'm like, they looked at it. I feel like if you opened that card and you saw that it said Best Actress Emma Stone, you'd be like, oh, guys, this is the wrong card. And that would be funny. Yeah, like, I I don't understand why they read Best Actress Emma Stone. Well, that's why Warren Beatty was like, oh. Yeah. And they thought, people thought they were doing it to be like, like a bit. drumming up the anticipation yeah. but he was confused but yeah. then i think she was like nudging him like like just say it. it and then he was like la la land no she said it or she said she it. goes la la land and they're like i want to see backstage at the oscars when that happened i want to <laughs> see everyone going oh god well i guess it'd be the two people that know <laughs> yeah with, with the vaults that like the briefcase thing or whatever and them just going oh my god oh my god what do we do get, get, get them um <laughs> i feel like to be fair the producer of la la land was like no we lost like and yeah. he was pretty nice about it yeah and so they everyone handled it pretty well it's so funny though <laughs> jimmy kimmel <laughs> He's, I like him explaining what happened because apparently he has that whole thing with Matt Damon where they hate each other and yeah. they were supposed to do like an ending bit where he's sitting next to him and whatever and then <laughs> Jimmy Kim was like oh man what's gonna happen someone should fix this and Matt Damon was like um shouldn't you do something he goes I'm the host <laughs> so he walks up and he's like he Lauren so what did you do <laughs> pandemonium uh, I don't know how much we're keeping it I just had to mention that that was iconic I mean and- I suppose you could see it as like a, a historical moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think Oscars. Uh, some people are really happy about it i think some people maybe weren't as happy about it i personally don't care <laughs> i here's the thing you mean in, at the fact that they didn't win yeah yeah well, here's the thing i've seen moonlight and i think it's boring <laughs> but i also don't think it's a movie for me Mm-hmm. Like the the, yeah. the things that it represents and what that means for Oscars, like I feel are like not it's, for you. <laughs> it, well, it's just it's it's. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. But you know, for me, I, honestly, if I'm picking one movie that I would watch again from this batch of Oscar movies, it's probably Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. feel like everything else. I was like, I could probably never watch them again, and it'd be fine. Yeah. So I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like. There was no movie here that I was like, I need it to win. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. I feel like the Oscars have been going downhill. (laughs) And I'm like, there's no good movies. (laughs) And then there was Little Women and I loved it. Anyways. (laughs) So like, uh, the fact that they didn't win, I'm like, it's, it's just, it's also such a seemingly unimportant thing to me because I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. Because you have so many movies winning Best Picture that in the future nobody cares about. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that it won, It like, it did lose Best Picture, but it won six Oscars It won still. quite a few. It won, and I think it would make sense. You would think that it probably should have, not should have, but you would have expected it to win because yeah, it because won Best it won Director. Yeah, so other things, yeah. And it won Best I'm Actress. I'm just quickly scrolling through and the categories and seeing what categories they weren't uh, nominated in. I thought he was the working. other nominee categories were 
uh, Best Actor, Original Screenplay, uh, Film Editing, Costume Design, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, and another original song. They got two original song nominations. The they can one? do that? The Fools Who Dream, which is the audition song, was the second song nomination, and the one that won was City of Stars. Um, it also won another 237 awards. I think it won every Golden Globe category it was nominated for because i don't see a nominations thing on their imdb i just see winner so it won best motion picture best uh actor best actress best director best screenplay best original song for city of stars and best original score at the golden globes so it it swept a lot of stuff and that's why i think it was so uh unsurprising that it almost won but then didn't Uh, I think those were the two that people thought it was going to be, though. It was either going to be Moonlight or La La Land. Yeah. Um, I, but going back to, again, just, like, what it did, I don't think it did anything. <laughs> I have like, no idea. It's really difficult come... to do this for movies that aren't, it hasn't been a while for. Yeah. Uh, which is sometimes the problem with this category, but we don't care. <laughs> I think it's also interesting, like, not to say that it didn't deserve its awards, but the voting base of these awards is Hollywood. Yeah. So when you're making a movie about Hollywood that's like yeah. patting itself on the back and being yeah. really self-congratulatory, like yeah. it's, Well, that's know? what I was saying. Like, it, it, it obviously it's going to be well-loved at the Oscars. Yeah. I, I just don't know for like this category where the score lands beca- because like, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't I think, think the fact it really... that it, it was such a big movie at the time though does have something to say. Yeah. So, but I think that's, it's really just a movie where at the time it was a big thing. But now, like, does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think it did anything for, the mo- for like, movie musicals. Again, my mom I think loves if anything, this movie. So yeah. she's, like, holds it in her heart as pretty mm-hmm. highly regarded film. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if I've said anything that offends you, Mom. I wonder <laughs> if she'll listen to this. <laughs> I don't know. It is, like, a f- high... A favorite movie of her so she might be like this is the episode yeah. for me oh she's yeah gonna, she's gonna call you after <laughs> chelsea i yeah i don't think it did anything for the movie musical i think if anything it just made uh musical theater people mad because oh, so that's why you hate it your musical theater no person. i i don't even i don't even care about that i'm i'm this is i read this other i read that multiple places yeah i'm speaking for the people <laughs> um, my people <laughs> no no, but I, there was multiple things that were saying that, like, it just made that community mad. Because, again, it's taking, it's not actually taking, like, the actors that actually, like, specialize in musical theater to do a musical theater thing. Yeah. It's taking people that can't sing to just make it up. It's kind of like the same it thing as, like... It makes sense that it makes them mad. <laughs> it's kind of like when, when uh, you had that shift in animation to having, like, famous people voicing animated characters yeah. rather than having people who, like, specialize in voice acting. Yeah. To do that because you know it's kind of always going towards that where it's like mm-hmm. whoever's famous will make the most money so we might as well just put them in this movie yeah um so yeah i feel like maybe i'll s- stick with the seven i said seven and a half seven or eight i don't know if anybody cares yeah i might go seven too <laughs> well on that note we'll move to the bonus best round yes. uh so <laughs> a film can get a bonus point if we agree on it being the best film in the category presented and it can win up to three points Take it away, McKenna. All right. First question. Pretty obvious question, I think, when you're looking at this film. Mm-hmm. The best Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone team up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Contenders, Crazy Stupid Love, Gangster Squad, and La La Land. I've seen Crazy Stupid Love, but it was so long ago. I don't know what Gangster Squad is. <laughs> it's a 
mob movie. Oh. Uh, that doesn't sound like it'd be good at all. Are they, like, the main people in... Yeah, Crazy Stupid yeah. Love is more of, like, a little bit of an ensemble. It's an ensemble, it? but they're, yeah. like, pretty important to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually quite like that movie. I feel mm-hmm. like from what I've seen in that movie, they seem like they have a bit more chemistry. They're quite cute in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't like Sebastian in this movie. <laughs> I wonder if you like Ryan Gosling in anything. I don't know. He he gives off, like, this this very, like, straight face look, I feel like, in a lot mm-hmm. of his films. Like, he's very much like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. Have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? No. Oh. I've seen it I know multiple you do times. like it. Mm-hmm. I also, like... I mean, I'm not arguing for it, but well, it was their can. first team up. Yeah. And it got them two other movies together. Yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird that they feel like they had no chemistry in this movie. Yeah. I feel like I've seen interviews with them together and I like them together. I feel like they seem like pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like because you hate La La Land, <laughs> the only other contenders then are Gangster Squad or Crazy Stupid Love. And because we don't know what Gangster Squad is... Uh, and because McKenna loves Crazy Stupid Love, maybe we should give it to that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Nice, nice. I feel like if you say they're cute in it, they're probably cute in it. All right. <laughs> Question number two. The Damien Chazelle jazz flick that makes Elsha hate jazz the least. Nice. Didn't know you hadn't seen Whiplash when I wrote this question. <laughs> I've seen, like, the the main theme, like, scenes in Whiplash. Yeah. I know you hate jazz, and I feel like maybe that's partially why you hate La La Land Is so it just much. La La Land or Whiplash? Yeah. I like, really don't think that... Uh, yeah, I could throw First Man in there, but it's not about jazz. <laughs> I really don't know if... if these if la la land did anything for my hate i mean i don't even like my problem with jazz you told me you hate jazz no i said it on the podcast no i do i do hate jazz but i'm (laughs) saying my problem with it is because i find that all of the songs to me sound the same and uh i i i went to i think i said this on a different podcast did i you said it My on story. our... Yeah. Yeah. The Jazz Club. About, I think yeah. it got cut off, actually. Oh. That's when we had those technical difficulties. I can retell it. Oh, <laughs> I think I cut it because I didn't care. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. <laughs> Love you, too. Um, I know the story. You went to see yeah. a jazz thing, and it all sounded the same. Yeah, it was so long. So that, I think, is the start of my hatred for jazz. I don't really think that the jazz in this movie makes me mad, though. I feel like people say they hate jazz. I like, enjoy why? jazz. I it's, fun. it's fine. I feel like if I listen to a single song of jazz, I think it's fine. I'm not big on... Um, it's just if you make me listen to a lot of it, I, I might start want... I'm, I might want to die. I'm not big on music that doesn't have lyrics. I don't mind... I like, I'm, I'm not... Don't hate it. I just probably wouldn't choose to listen to it unless it's like score stuff. I listen to scores. Like, yeah. and that's only... I really listen to that stuff when I'm doing other things. Well, jazz doesn't necessarily I mean, there, there is jazz with lyrics. lyrics yeah. Like Ray Charles or like well, yeah. any big band stuff. Um, but I feel like when it comes to like just, just listening to people like riff on like... Like, if you go to, like, a club and they're just playing, like, music Yeah, I was like in a that. jazz band and we didn't play. I mean, sometimes we'd bring a singer in, but very rarely. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I, I, I would get bored. Yeah. Like, it's it's more just my my hatred of it in uh, large doses. <laughs> you know? Because, like, individual songs, it's fine. And I understand how it is, like, a really cool art form and, like, the way that they kind of riff off each other. It is interesting. And I understand that. It's more just, like, long form. If I listen to it a lot, I want, it makes me want to die because I'm like, this is the same thing. Whiplash, though, I think is a good movie and I feel mm-hmm. like it, it's more so about, like, the intensity of drumming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, 
jazz. It's Molly like, also doesn't have that much jazz in it. I, I came up, I googled jazz movies, and Whiplash came up. Yeah, Whiplash. Well, yeah. I mean, it definitely is about jazz. Yeah, but like I just feel but like it's Lala more Land so about that. And I mean, jazz in it. drumming is jazz but yeah. like it's it, a lot of it is like just drumming yeah it's, so it's what movie makes, makes me hate it the most hates jazz the least, the least. oh the so least. it's the best depiction of jazz ah. for you ah. uh, just because it's a theme on this podcast you hate jazz <laughs> <laughs> how much jazz is there really in whiplash the whole like, movie i know about it's about him. no but i mean how much of it is like a full jazz song well, well, there, well there is like he does play with the other people yeah there's a lot of stuff of him practicing alone but I, yeah i mean but like the style of jazz and whiplash versus i'm trying to Lala remember Land. i haven't seen this movie in a while yeah i feel like it's not as uh, fun in a way as la la land well yeah like a, a lot yeah. of it is like very intense i feel like there's not that much in La Land, and I don't really have a hatred for any of the so- of the jazz parts in La Land. Wait, what did we give it? <laughs> are we are we giving it to La La Land then? I because Elsha doesn't hate it, which is kind of impressive. I wonder if you would hate the jazz and Whiplash. I don't know. I think it probably not. Maybe just because I think it's just the fact that it's alone. I think if jazz is alone, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't mm. like it. But probably in a movie, I think it's fine. I don't know. Maybe we'll give it to La Land. Because it's probably it's not get, as jazzy. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it something. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll give it to La La Land. All right. Last question. The best moving picture about making moving pictures. Ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Contenders. Uh, there's a ton, but mm-hmm. I just kind of went with the top hits. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. La La Land. Mm-hmm. Saving Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> singing in the Rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's not winning any. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Saving Mr. Banks is kind of a cute movie. Yeah, it's not great, but I showed you that one scene yeah, the other cute. day. About, well, I've seen it. I know, but yeah. I just as context, like I was looking at a scene the other day. Yeah, of them singing the "Let's Go Fly a Kite," and uh-huh. I was like, "This is kind of cute." Mm-hmm. That being said, I think uh, Tropic Thunder is super funny, <laughs> and I think Singing in the Rain, I think, is. Mo- the most realistic depiction of what they were going through at the time they yeah. have a lot of scenes in there where you see like them trying to figure out where to put the mic mm-hmm. and so like the mic's picking up the heartbeat which i think was a big problem back then we watched that scene in editing yeah because we were learning about film history and whatever mm-hmm. so i think I- and i really love that movie yeah what were the other ones there was a couple other ones once upon a time in hollywood oh right did you see that la la land this might be the first category where I've seen all the movies. <laughs> no, well, I guess the last category I've seen all of them. <laughs> but when there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's like five in here and wow. you knew all of them. Wow. Yeah. Once I know, I'm only missing one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. You know what? That movie is okay. I don't know how realistic that one is. Yeah. But that's more of a character-driven movie. It's not really about the problems of Hollywood. I don't know if that's what the question is. <laughs> Would I put it as a better movie than Singing in the Rain? No chance. <laughs> so then, I mean, I think Singing in the Rain's getting your vote, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, know, you can think of Tropic Thunder because that is, I think, also a really funny movie, but then that's also probably very, very much not realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super not realistic because um, it's a comedy. I mean, I think for depicting Hollywood, probably Singing in the Rain would get it because it also is like kind of important from a telling what's happening in hollywood and like like filmmaking point of view yeah so 
I think that would get it. I would give it to that, And I know too. you're already going to give it that. So. No point for La La Land. I thought I got the one. It got one. Got yeah, one. but no, oh, okay. but no that point for that Okay, <laughs> okay we're going to move on to the final score then. All right. Adding up the five categories and the additional bonus best question, La La Land gets 74%, which sits it as a B. Okay. Just the 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 high end of a B. One more percentage mm-hmm. and it would have been a B plus. How do you feel about that? This is going back to you asked me this uh, last week about um, Empire Strikes Back. What do you think about this? Because you don't hate this movie as much as I do. No. Well, um, the thing is, like, I was scared to do this because my mom loves it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but then we watched it the other night, and I was like, I think it's a good movie. Technically, I think it it does things well. I think my biggest problem is that I really don't think I care about the characters. Yeah. I really wish that they were cast better, mm-hmm. and I really wish that the story had a bit more to do with, like, their inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. And I wish that there was some quotable lines in there that I could really think of. Yeah, you I love like a good I... quotable line, and there's really none. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I can really think of many from this film. Yeah. Or at least not any, like, maybe I could think of some right now because I watched it last night, but in a couple weeks, I probably won't remember. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, I feel like where it really gets all those points is, like, in the visuals and a little bit in the music. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's not a movie that I'm thinking about a lot. Yeah, like, for me, it's just, it's a mixture. I I mean, I think it's one of those movies that just has something about it that makes me angry. Just as a whole. But then, like, within that, I'm like, I don't care for the story. I don't care for the characters. Yeah. I, I, the, the way that the music is used, the music's fine, but, like, the way it's used kind of bugs me. Mm-hmm. And the, the visuals are good in some places, but then in others, I think it's gone a bit too far. And I, I honestly just don't think about this movie. <laughs> Unless well, someone brings up La La Land and then I go, like, I hate it. But other than that, I don't think about this ever. Anyways. I think those are my final thoughts. Uh, well, on that note, be sure to follow us on Instagram at cine.grade or on Twitter at cinegrade to keep up with what films we review next. Feel free to send us suggestions on Instagram or email us at cinegradepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about the film. Send us your own grade and give us any thoughts that you had. If you disagree about anything, feel free to send us that too. Uh, we're always interested in talking about films. Um, also be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you, can, you listen to us. It really helps us get more exposure so more people can listen. Where can they reach you? You guys can find me on Instagram at underscore Chelsea Mitchell underscore. And you guys can find me on Instagram at Al Shakur. Uh, if you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to us. I think that's it for this week. I'm Al Shakur. I'm Chelsea Mitchell. And we'll see you next time on 6th Grade.